gentlemen, I'm gonna be a little less animated because we got some homies sleeping in the crib. But ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Welcome back. Another episode of Creative Contact. You know what it is already. Um, we got a special <laughs> guest on the show today. No, not necessarily a solo dollar show anymore. I had some company. I have friends, I swear. Um, so today's guest is actually the first. This is a first because... I've never had anyone related on the, on the podcast. <laughs> You've had your dad on the podcast. That's true. That's true. I've had my dad on the podcast. But um, outside of my fam, this is, uh, if you listen to the Betts episode, um, this is another another one of that in that family. This is mm. a good friend that I've known actually pretty soon after moving to Philly. Not, not, yeah. not to... Uh, not too not too long ago right after i moved to philly maybe four years ago um it's uh my good friend deb who's letting me we're currently in malaysia in deb's apartment in malaysia um i popped over here for a visa run and deb was nice enough to host me and so i guilted around coming onto the show <laughs> not at all um, so deb so for people um that uh you know most of the philly folks that I I do have a kind of a Philly centered podcast, but not anymore since it's world, you know, we're out in the world doing the thing. Um, tell people a little bit about sort of uh, what you did in Philly, just in the tail end, and then kind of now what you do a little bit, and then we'll jump into the the backstory for you. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, before I came to live in Penang. I was doing a lot in Philly, I would a say. A lot in Philly. <laughs> Yo, if it was an event, Deb was at it. I think I was doing a little bit too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've definitely learned how to like um, have my nights in. But yeah, I was working at a nonprofit, full-time job. I was doing event and kind of program management at the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, and on the side a little bit, I managed a band called Ill-Fated Natives yes. that my brother is in. Yeah. And um, I just was just, I tried to be just involved in kind of like the events and music world in Philly because I love music um, and I love Philly. So it just was like a natural fit for me. Dude, I feel like that you were... Um, you've always been a connector mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways if I'm and folks know I'm not the dude who's going to be like out and about every night but if there was some, any music event or whatever that I'd go to you were always there and it was interesting because I remember I was thinking about this the other day um, it was almost a year ago it's weird to think it was almost a year ago but Gabe Wolf yeah. who actually shout out gabe his, his I, mean, I have an episode with him that i'm hopefully going to drop july like the end of july um so stay tuned for that but uh a dope philly rapper i remember for his 25th birthday um it was either before or after that he'd had there's a little showcase that he was a part of and malcolm Cain was at mm -hmm. and and you were there and I remember coming up and kicking it with you, and you were like, oh, I'm about to go to Malaysia. And it's so weird now to think that, like, I'm here in Malaysia with you yeah. in your apartment, and it's already been a year. Yeah, I mean, I was in your position, uh, like, 
you know, a year and a half ago where I was yeah. like maybe talking to my friend Jess and being like, I can't believe you're about to go to Lao. Like, right. you know, I'm just in Philly. And then out of nowhere, I ended up in Malaysia. It's weird that it kind of, and talk, talk to the listeners and myself too, a little bit about, um, for me, I feel like it was something that there was a long buildup, but then the actual decision to do it was like pretty sudden. Like, yeah. I felt like once I made the decision, I was like, oh, this has been in the works actually for a while. Yeah. For you, had it been something, I know a little bit about your backstory, but not totally with the Penang, your first Penang visit. Yeah. Um, had it, have you kind of always had that uh, sense of wanting to go see the world? Or were you like someone at my job, like I got, I got fired or something. You're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm leaving. You know what I mean? Sometimes like it's one a pin- pinnacle event and they're out, or it's kind of this like gradual sort of thing yeah. to you. I think my like journey here has been like fast and slow at the same time. Yeah. Um, I studied abroad, and mm. I knew like as soon as I landed in Philly again that like I was gonna live abroad again. Where? Yeah. Where did you study abroad? I studied in Rome. Yeah. Oh my god, it must have been beautiful. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It was really awesome. Dude, so jealous. Okay, so there's some stories there I want to get into. Yeah. Um, but before we get too far into the Philly thing, yeah. talk to folks about um, where are you from originally? So I'm from, I mean, I'm from Philly. I, if you ask me, I'm from Philly, yeah, but yeah. I was born in Brooklyn. Born in Brooklyn. Yeah. And your family's Haitian. Yeah. Family's Haitian. And. Did you ever have a chance to go back to Haiti? Yeah, I've gone back three times. Like, oh, wow. yeah. So the I went back when I was like four years old, and then I went back in high school. Um, actually, like the same year as the earthquake. Like, oh. my parents bought the tickets before the earthquake, and they were like, "We're still going. We we can't get a refund." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, my high school angsty self wasn't happy with that. Um, but most recently, um, so. I actually went to Asia before I moved here. I went here on vacation. Uh, and on my way back from Asia, I stopped in um, San Diego. And on my way back from San Diego, they were American Airlines was doing this thing where they like, you can give up your seat and get a flight voucher. So I actually got like a pop in flight voucher for like 500 bucks. And like immediately I knew I was like, I'm going to use this flight voucher to go to Haiti. So um, I got to go to Haiti last summer for only a week, but it was awesome to be able to go back. And it was awesome to, you know, make that decision for myself. Like as an adult, like I want to go to Haiti and I'm going to take the PTO, um, do whatever it takes to, make it happen yeah mm-hmm. dude, I think that that it's different when you're traveling for something like that by yourself though when you're with your family you know yes. well I was gonna say when it comes to angsty mm-hmm. uh, high school dev too and I want to get into that um, when you were in New York I know a little bit about the story through the bro do you have any memories of your time in Brooklyn? Yeah. 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 I mean, we grew up there until like elementary school and then we would go back like for summers. So even though we moved to Philly, um, a lot of like we were kind of just in Philly for like the school and then we'd like go stay at our aunt's house for the summer. Okay. Word. Mm-hmm. So you'd be in, you'd be in Brooklyn for the summer. Yeah, we were in Brooklyn for the summer. We were in Canarsie for the summer, you know? Wait. <laughs> in Flatbush for the summer. Wait. Like, yeah. Was this all the way through high school? Um, this was, I would say, probably like consistently um, until middle school. And then 
like through high school we would always try to go back during the summer but it wasn't like the whole, the whole summer. summer like we dude what are those full summers like in brooklyn yeah when you're when you're out there what is that getting into? i mean you know my family is pretty strict even my aunts and uncles so okay. we weren't really like out there yeah but i remember like one of my like most like distinct memories from my time there is I was actually in Brooklyn during like the great New York blackout when everyone like you know when New York went dark for like a few days and like everyone was like it's the terrorists um (laughs) but it was crazy we were just like watching Pokemon and then like I remember the exact scene like it's a scene where like the fire gets started in like the forest and it just went black and we at first thought like oh it's just the house because you know we were just like in a basement apartment and we realized it wasn't like just the house it was the block and then we realized it wasn't just the block it was the neighborhood and then we realized like oh shit it's like all of new york city damn yeah so that was pretty interesting like and that made it a little like fun um because we just kind of had no TV, no electricity, so we were just kind of, like, in the streets until late, like, hanging out. There's something I feel like, too, when those things happen that kind of bring people together and, like, kind of all going through this... Communal, yeah, yeah, situation. This this thing, you know, it it makes you all very human, that you're like, oh, wow, like, I don't know, when when certain things go down, even in the neighborhood or... um, I remember when I was in Philly, there was a mugging on my neighborhood late at night, and I ran out in the street, topless, you know, I was going to fight off the attacker top, and they dipped, but, like, and everybody came out, but then, like, everyone's like, oh, like, it'd be kind of, it came, like, a way to meet all my neighbors, you Mm -hmm. know, because we were all out there, and it was like, oh, wait, did you see, ah, and we were all kind of working together trying to figure this out. Yeah, definitely. Which isn't every block, but it was just really, when, when bad shit goes down sometimes like that i think especially when it comes to natural disasters um or blackouts whatever when your kind of infrastructure goes like yeah that, people i feel like are, are you could you revert quickly to being like human that element that like yeah. normally wouldn't talk if i just see you in the elevator but now we're like we're all trying to figure this shit out so yeah probably yeah i mean experience that's that's some real shit right there because I mean, just hearing you say that, that's how it is in the hood or in, like, you know, the global south. They don't have these structures to kind of, like, support them. The structures, these power structures have failed them. So it's just up to the people to come together. And there is a greater sense of community, um, like, in those, like, areas for sure. So it's funny because we, you and I may not, like, come in contact because with that because we've reached a certain state state of privilege but we experience a little bit of it when our the structures that we grow dependent on kind of like fail fail a little bit yeah even if it's just temporary yeah even if it's just temporary for sure um okay so what young deb is she into anime what's young deb like (laughs) into anime that's so funny (laughs) (laughs) Deb's watching pokemon in brooklyn dude like yeah um you know before you evolved into um your final form what uh what was i yeah what were you into man i can't even really remember i can't remember what i got into like even a month ago but (laughs) i don't know middle school deb gonna be president of the united states no i was like star what are you a scientist what was your mo middle school deb i was just like very just like just trying to make it through like keeping my head down yeah i was you know i definitely that would be it'd be a lie to say like 
like I had a chill personality. I didn't. I was definitely always like the loudest, the, the one who called the most attention. But like it wasn't like, you know, I think my aspirations were something along being like a talk show host or something <laughs> yeah. at the most. But it wasn't, I wasn't really one to like really like think about like the future yeah. too much. I still am not someone to think about the future too much. What, what, um, what moved you back then? Were you into sports? Were you into art? Were you just social? What was kind of, what did you like to do? <laughs> I don't think I was into any of those things. I was a little social um, a little during social. school. A little social. My, you know, my parents were big into grades. I wasn't that good in school. So oh. they spent a lot of time. Um, I spent a lot of time just trying to like pass. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't that like, I'm, I think... You know, I think I just wasn't, I didn't know how to study. I didn't know, like, things just, like, academics just haven't come naturally to me. And I realize, like, now you don't really need that. But, you know, when you're younger, you think it's, like, so important. I'm with you 110%. Yeah. I was was always, yeah, I feel you. Um, And it's strange now, you know, and even in Philly working with high school kids, how I... It's hard now as an adult, in quotes, mm-hmm. because I want to just be like, to the kids, I want to be like, grades don't matter, but it's yeah. weird. Like, <laughs> you have to tell them. Yeah, I have to tell them, like, study hard, but I'm like, none of this matters. Um, yeah. I mean, it does if you're going to be a doctor, so hate me later, but... Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'll say, like, I... Don't, I don't, never was, like, an, a spectacular student. Like, yeah. they definitely, even throughout college, like, there were semesters where I was, like, failing classes, and then there were semesters where I was getting straight A's. Um, it depends on uh, the professor, the subject matter. Yeah, like, so many things so for many me. Things. What's going on in your personal life. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, I was never one to get, like, outstanding grades, but at the end of the day, like, every, like, thing that I've done like has led me here and I think I've been able to kind of like scam my way into like situations that I don't think that like like I don't know I've just been lucky enough to have like these incredible opportunities not based upon my grades or whatever Deb I wouldn't say it's scammed your way in I would say you've got a you swagged your way in you you do you have this but I I relate to that because a lot of times I'm like I'm not in any way qualified to do this, but yeah. you just kind of can, like, oh, yeah. you like, you just know how to navigate yeah. certain certain relationships or certain yeah. things that, that, that give you those those chances. So, um, and where in Philly did you grow up? Um, so I grew up in the Northeast. Dude. Okay, yeah. Northeast. And yeah. what neighborhood? Um, so I grew up in this little neighborhood called... Um, Wow, Garden Court. A lot of people Garden? think it's like an apartment building. <laughs> yeah. Like so when people think of the Northeast, the people who know the Northeast, they think of like the suburbs of Philly, like these big like homes with spacious yards. That's not the case is at that all. Like ben Salem is that like um, Ben Salem is like the far Northeast. Far Northeast. Okay. So the Northeast makes up forty percent of Philadelphia, and wow. a lot of people don't like recognize that. And it's just so like the the. Very, like the types of neighborhoods in the Northeast are so varied. Um, 
like to paint one picture of it is just like doing it a disservice. So I grew up in a neighborhood that was like very multicultural. A lot of people think like the Northeast is like white, even though it is really white. But the neighborhood I grew in was kind of like a haven for kind of people from all over the world. So mm-hmm. like on the one street I lived on alone, there would be like a Chinese joint, a Brazilian joint, like uh, like just a sushi place, just like all these like um, international, like all these people coming together to form this neighborhood. So it was really cool um, growing up there. I like, yeah, I got to experience diversity pretty much my whole life. Like, I don't know, really. That's, yeah. And so were there other people of color in your school? Yeah, in in my school, definitely. There were a lot of people of color. I, I think I had a pretty good mix of friends growing up. Um, so yeah, it was it was awesome to experience that. And remind me, what did mom and dad do? So my mom is a nursing assistant. Mm. So she works in a nursing home, and my dad is a bus driver. So mm. and yeah, he's been doing that for a while now. So he was doing that for most of our life for part of our time in Philly he was actually commuting from New York so working in New York and commuting to Philly every day yeah and then he got like certified to drive is he for SEPTA um so not for SEPTA for it's a private company and he works for a particular school oh Mm -hmm. um which school um I don't know the name of the school but it's just like a private school I think in like the suburbs that's crazy Mm -hmm. I uh I didn't. I'm so far removed from that world that I. I know that um, there's like the public school and then private school yeah. stuff. And since I just only worked in public schools, yeah. I don't know how that's so like private. I know private school is its whole other yeah, animal that yeah. like I've no. Yeah, he works for a, a, a Christian school. So when uh, I say private, I mean in the sense that like you have to pay money to go there, yeah. but it's not like uh like. There, like, are, there are some like I've been out to some schools in Philly or outside of Philly they were like I was like this is nicer than college I know like, yeah I'm only just crazy. now understanding like the private school and boarding school world and how that like sets you up for life listen I still I'm still don't fully get it I just yeah. know being in schools and around teachers there's a lot of beef yeah. going on between charters private you know yeah. privates, but there's that's a whole that's like a cra- yeah it's weird as a student growing up I didn't realize how much political kind of bullshit goes oh, on yeah, behind definitely. the scenes school stuff yeah you don't recognize it at all at all yeah and, so, and Philly especially now yes. is like a time where those tensions are really high it, it's yeah people yeah. people had some choice words to say about it um and so you were you a central yeah I, I was okay, a central, I central kid central yeah kid. so that in itself, speaking of high schools, so young Deb, she's watching Pokemon, she's focusing <laughs> on her studies, um, she's, she's out here. What about when you go to, when you, you're choosing high schools in Philly, now yeah. that I know all about them, I kind of like to nerd out with people on, and mm-hmm. you've been to high school in Philly, what made you choose Central and what were some other spots that you were looking at? Yeah, I mean, to me, I was only going to go to Central. So we so, nothing. I mean, I, I applied to other schools. I applied to, like, the Performing Arts School. Yo. I applied to some charter schools. I applied to um, 
I don't even know. I just applied to other schools well, as well. Why didn't you go to Kappa? I didn't go to Kappa because I was trying to. I was just applying to whatever, <laughs> and I went to Kappa. I think I put clarinet as my yeah. like <laughs> my thing that I was gonna do, and really like that was not my like life's direction yeah. at all. Okay. I think it. I mean, it's crazy to ask a middle schooler to choose like yes. what direction they want to cho- make their life in. Um, but yeah, for me, it was like central. Like before I even sent in my application, I was already like, okay, so I'm gonna start school at central. Like I knew I was getting in, which is like in hindsight was very like cocky of me. I don't think I've never been that confident again. Um, but yeah, I, I knew I was getting in, I knew I was gonna go. It was just the only option for me because it was like the only, like, there are definitely some incredible like public schools. Girls High wasn't up there. Um, no, I didn't want to be. I don't know, <laughs> and yeah, Central was. I mean, it, like so in terms of education, my like I didn't know much. Like you know, and I mean that in sense like for applying to colleges, applying to high schools. So whatever kind of like the information I, whatever information I knew, that was kind of like what I went with. So like there were probably other like great high schools in 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 Philly but I probably I just knew Central so you uh, know what I mean um, and I know come present at your school or something what'd you say did they come to present at your school or something how do you know about it um, Central they, well my brother but oh, yeah right. he went to Central and it was just kind of a thing in middle school especially I was in they kind of I think it's kind of like messed up but they took in, in my middle school they took like kind of the top students in our in our class and kind of without asking us they put us in this like IB class which so they thought that basically if we were together we would perform better on the standardized testing um which is really smart of them so it's the idea is just kind of like get the kids who are doing well together and like have them away from the quote-unquote distractions which would be other students um which is really sad but I will say that like it's kind of like it gave me like a lot of knowledge that I didn't know because these kids who were performing really well they were privileged enough to like have other siblings who hadn't like different types of knowledge or you know they just kind of knew a little bit more than I did so they were able like being in that class was able to kind of like set me up with like okay I need to go to central and like these are the things I need to do in order to be able to get to central Mm. Mm -hmm. um it's funny because most of the cool kids that I know now from like like Philly kids that are from Philly like almost all went to Central. I know. It's like it's strange. Um, so you end up then in high school, and what's talk to me about Angsty Deb? When you reflect on, oh Angsty my gosh, Deb, is that like Doc Martens and no, like I was jeans? not like what's that cool. Like what's, like what's, what's no, I think I was like? just like when I say it was Angsty, I think I was just like that particular trip I was angsty like because I was just a teenager yeah but um I think that particular trip I was just like man I don't want to go I just wasn't like ready to go um because I felt like I was kind of being yanked away from like my life in Philly for like a really long time and it ended up being like a really great trip and really formative for me and my parents did what was best but um what, what do you like in high school in general? In high school, I, like, gosh, I was just, like, figuring out what I, like, I think I grew up not, like, 
having a lot of decisions made for me. So uh, it was just like learning how to make my own decisions. So, I mean, there were like some distinctive things about me. Like I was really into like one year I was really into Radiohead and Muse. Mm. Um, the next year I was into like Cindy Lauper. The next year I was into like Jason Mraz. So I was just like kind of discovering my musical tastes at oh, the cool. time. And then I like, I really did have like, I mean, I think everyone does, but I definitely had a major transformation from like ninth grade. I was wearing like really long skirts and like, you know, like was like very like my parents dressed me. So I was very modestly dressed, blah, blah, blah. And then by the time I was out of high school, like I was able to like buy my own clothes, dress myself, got a better sense of style. So I had just like a better idea of I was like, I feel like the discovery period that a lot of people have in middle school, I didn't have until like the end of high school. Mm. So, what are you what are you doing um, outside of school? Like in high school? Doing, yeah. Um, I didn't really. Are you I have friends. I wasn't so long. No, I didn't have like a. Um, I was in a lot of clubs. So by the time my senior year of high school rolled around, I was like in 12 clubs. Were you the president of like half yeah. those shits? Yeah, I was like, girl? no, not half of them, only like a quarter. <laughs> only, like, only like most of them. But yeah. I was like, you know, on radio and television, I was like the section leader of my advisory, but also like the president of my advisory. Mm. I was like just doing a ton of different things. I was in prom committee, mm. all of that. So I definitely kept myself busy. I think my freshman year, I was just like going home. As, like once, once school ended, I kind of like had to go home once school ended. But by the time my senior year rolled around, I kind of used clubs as a way to like just like lengthen my day and make it so that way I didn't need to go home until like it was night or whatever sports no I wasn't really I mean I would have loved to do sports but my mom was just like anti-sports really yeah she was just always afraid we were gonna hurt ourselves so like we didn't really grow up playing sports interesting which sport do you think you would have played so I wanted to do field hockey and Uh. then I was really so my senior year they started to introduce lacrosse and I was like actually good at it and it's crazy because there's rarely sports that like I can just pick up and play I'm like bad at everything um but lacrosse I just like picked up like you know lacrosse stick and I was just like going at it um so that was was awesome and it was sucked because like the next year they introduced like an actual lacrosse team so I think I would have like been in lacrosse, which is funny. <laughs> Dude, that's dope. I could yeah. see that. Yo, yeah, I could totally see that. Um, and so then, what's when you're? It, is it still pretty strict in high school in the sense of like with like social stuff yeah. with you and your parents? Okay. Yeah, my parents were pretty strict. Pretty strict. So how do you? I had my first girlfriend was Haitian. Yeah. And freshman year, shout out Maxine one time, and. She was dope. She was... I learned so much about... I was just blessed, shout out mom and dad, yeah. to just have really cool, hippie, liberal parents yeah. that I didn't realize because, lo and behold, there are no Haitians yeah. in small towns in upstate yeah. New York, um, that, like, how different the cultures play in, um, like, your just like the lot your social life all of that where yeah. freshman year 
I learned so much just being in proximity with her about how much she um, butted heads with her parents. They, they had her best interest in mind, but like for her or for them, excuse me, like on say New Year's Eve, they'd be like, well, why don't you want to spend that time with us? Yeah, than definitely. Time with your they didn't, that concept of friends or that, or that American concept yeah. of French and like spending the night at people's houses yeah, or whatever, no. just that very traditional sense I didn't realize how much friction yeah, there can be there. Definitely. Did you find yourself rebelling in small ways, pushing yes, back against ways. that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in small ways. And looking back now, I can. it's funny because I was having a conversation with someone not too long ago, and she had strict parents too. And, like, we, were both, we both came to the conclusion that, like, we could have done way more growing up. We could have, like, really, like, pushed pushed it and we just didn't know that we could you know what I mean and yeah. in your mind like your parents set these boundaries and there's no like even pushing them a little bit is a lot so like like looking back like the things the crazy things I did in high school probably were like staying out a little bit too late or like going over a friend's house like I wasn't allowed to go over anybody's house so I would like sneak into my friend's house so like little things like that which aren't a big deal yeah um but my parents would like consider them to be um and what was your parents reasoning behind not being able to go to a friend's house um they just thought something bad would happen to me oh wow yeah so, it was, so a lot of this was from a place of protection yeah definitely mm. okay so what were there some pivotal moments when you got in like huge trouble for like from staying out and some shit like that when you were like 17 or not something? in high school no in college it would say so this went on through like i lived at home during college no way yeah so wasn't it like there were times in college where that's when i started to like push the envelope and to me like pushing the envelope is like coming home at like 2 a.m wait it, what Talk to me about that decision. You're now a senior in high school. You're running half the shits. Yeah. You're president of your advisory. You're playing clarinet. Why? <laughs> Why? Well, are you like, you know what? I want to stay at home another four years. Or is that, was that just no. culturally? It was like, that was just expensive. I just didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that I had like the option to not stay at home. Like people would tell me like, you know, go to a college, like, 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 go to a college like stay on campus but I just didn't know like it sounds dumb because it's so easy um like now that I'm older like I know but like at the time I just literally didn't know what it took to go to a college far away because I didn't know really anyone who like had done it like like I like didn't want to go to a state school. I wanted to be like I'm a city girl. So I looked. I applied to a college in New York, but it was just so much money. Um, Which one? I applied to Pace. I got into Pace oh, in wow. yeah Manhattan. So and but also I just di also didn't know what colleges to apply to. There were so many out there, so I didn't know what were was affordable. Co college guidance counselor was not. So like they were stretched pretty thin. Like there was uh, only about like five of them for the entire university. I mean not university for the entire school, and it was a college prep school. So ninety eight percent of the people go to college. So imagine having to do college applications for. Are your homies not like? going off to go seek their fortune like yo Deb what's up they know they definitely went away but I just like honestly I mean not at the rate that you would think though obviously I think I was lucky enough to go to a college prep school so number one I was lucky to ha be surrounded by people 
who were going to college, which isn't, like, the case in most Philadelphia schools. But, like, yeah, I just didn't, like, none of my homies, like, everyone either went to... So, like, there were the really high-achieving ones who, um, who like, went to, like, UPenn. Like, I want to say, like, the first, like, 30 people in my class went to UPenn. Yeah. And then there were the people going, like, away. But, like, everyone who I was surrounded by, which maybe, like, tells you about the people who I was surrounded by, but everyone who I was surrounded by was either going to, like, Temple or CCP. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know. And I also knew college was expensive. I knew living on campus was really expensive. Yeah. And I just had no clue how to pay for it. And I think I was really shocked at the time to receive, like, my my financial aid packet. Right. Um, and just realized, like, oh, snap, like, I'm still going to be, like, a lot in debt, even if I choose the cheapest option, which is Temple. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, do I want to be $100,000 in debt or do I want to be 40000 yeah. Like, I thought I was going to end up being, like, $20,000 in debt by choosing Temple, and I ended up, like, being $45,000 in debt. And I just, like, didn't know how student loans worked. I just, like... It's I know that's not like a good system. excuse, but no. like I just didn't have the knowledge. No, it's not. It's not a good or bad excuse. It's just the mm-hmm. reality of the situation of how college, the idea of college in the U.S. is just like this crazy, twisted business model. Yeah, that it's definitely. Like, you really are uneducated in how it works yeah. and what the return on investment is. But it's like just assume that you're something you're supposed to do. Yeah, and then. It's a whole. It's all still just business. Yeah, I mean, it's just university. They're just businesses. Yeah, trying to, you know, trying to make that money. So, um, it's but it it's this crazy thing that you just feel like you have to do or that yeah. you're supposed to do, and then yeah. you end up in this vicious kind of cycle. Yeah, and I can say now, like back then, I didn't know how to ask for help, yeah. in the sense that like maybe I just didn't know what. I needed to know so I didn't know how to ask for help in order to get that information so now I know a lot more like if there's something I don't know I know to ask for help so I think that's just like a major skill that you you learn over time and it takes some mistakes yeah to be like oh no I can't do this all by myself yeah definitely um high school Deb at 17 what is what is she thinking of when people ask her oh what do you want to be when you grow up but yeah what's her I was just like I was in radio and television so I thought like maybe I could do something there um I'm feeling this calling for you dude (laughs) complex we coming for you (laughs) you always say that I appreciate it (laughs) oh it's been in the DNA from the jump I know you want to be a talk host I'm like Okay, let's realize this I know. dream already, I, as, dog. As we're talking, I'm like, <laughs> as damn. we're talking, like, God damn it, it's yo, I'm seeing some signs, Deb. <laughs> life be telling you, you got it. You know, you I'm it. just gonna go wherever life forces <laughs> me to go because that's really been my life motto so far. Dude, I feel like it's been working. It's something mm-hmm. where. So radio and television, that was kind of always... Yeah, so I was in radio and TV, and I was just like, I don't know really how to choose a major. I want to choose something general. So I was like, okay, I'll choose communications, because I can like figure it out from there. Yeah. Um, which I think was probably like the best decision I made in my like college years, was choosing something that was like very general and not too specific. Um, even though I feel like it's kind of like sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I had like a skill. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, 
I, if I had chosen something when I was 17 years old, I think I would have chosen the wrong thing. Um, so I was just like, I'm going to do comm studies and maybe I can, I was, I really liked making movies and editing. I really loved wow. editing. So I was like, maybe I can do editing. Like, I don't know. So that's kind of like why I chose my major. Did you pursue the, the video, the video production and editing much? So not really. So like, okay. The thing that like kind of sucked about my major, not sucked, but they changed it. Like, so I chose communication studies, and then as I was entering, they kind of changed the major to be more like theory based. Mm. So um, I took, I was lucky enough to be in the school of communication, so I was able to take like these general like design and editing classes. So I do have like some skills. I was, I did make like a couple of things in college, um, but not as much as like I originally thought I would but I think it was helpful I think that actually turned out to be a positive thing because all the tracks became more theory based so I probably would have chosen a track that was like film before but they kind of like took that away or they made the film one track like more theory based so I was like okay well which theory do I want to study and I ended up choosing like the policy and public advocacy track um, Uh. which is really funny because if you ask me now why I chose it I think I just like looked at the classes for all of them and I was like this these classes seem the most (laughs) interesting like I'll take I'll choose this track so yeah I ended up doing like I ended up just choosing a track that was a lot more about like social justice and civil rights, and I think that really like shaped my direction. Yeah, I mm-hmm. could totally feel that. And what about um, the music when you were in college? Where does yeah. that come in? Was it something where you were ever wanted to play or sing or rap or anything? No. Like that? Or were you just a fan and one of those people that like ends up sort of being the like a music manager or kind of yeah. in, that, in that supportive Yeah, role. I think I was just like a fan and I was just hanging out with my brother a lot and that's when I was in college was when IFN was like forming, beginning to mm-hmm. form. So I would just hang out with them and then it just turned out to be like while I was hanging out with them at the gigs, I'm like, okay, let me help you do this mm-hmm. or like they're like, Deb, do this, you know. Yeah. And then from then, that's when I kind of started like managing them just by like, like, yeah, I think with Ian and I, we both like you know managed them at different points, and I have I think it happened pretty organically for the both of us. How you've gotten to this point, I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by. But there's also, I want to spend some time chopping up with you because there's some so much shit music wise that I want to pick your brain about. Word that I'm in this day and age when I know you know Fader, you know Complex, whatever it is. Um, whatever the one that Diddy runs whenever you end up on Hot 97 uh, I want to first of all have proof you know I called it here first but second of all um, now how has music sort of evolved into your life where how much of it is something that you do you think you could work in that industry is it on your mind at all what sort of where is your attention what what who do you think is doing it right? Is it Peter Rosenberg on in, on his complex show, or is it Charlemagne and kind of causing trouble on breakfast? Like, what's yeah? Who, who's doing it right for you? Yo, I mean, it's kind of crazy because to be honest, like this past like nine months that I've been here, I've just kind of been so detached from that world to mm-hmm. be honest. So, I mean, I try to keep up with it as much as possible. 
Um, and I think music is still will always be a part of my life. But I think I was so immersed in it back when I was in Philly. Yeah. And here I have to like actively seek it. So I'm just kind of not like I'm not hit right now. You should you have to put me on you to like I, what's I, I <laughs> what's going on. I mean, you're still wearing the built with craft shirts. So I know, I know. I know you're, you're still you're still repping it. Um, actually, what's now that you've been out here? Mm-hmm. Um, is there much of a music scene out here? What's no. sort of been like? Oh gosh, yes, <laughs> it drives me crazy. It's so hard. I mean, I live on a tropical island <laughs> and it's beautiful, and I love it here. But there's like no music. I'm struggling. There's really no no place to go out. No. When you every... guys go out, where do you where do you go? What so do you do? there's this one street called Chulia Street, and we we go there and like. I swear, I I go there pretty often, and my roommate Steph is always like, "Why do you keep going there?" Because every time I go there, I always come back with like a crazy story. Like this thing happened to me. This thing happened to me. Because it's essentially like a backpacker Yo, um, street. I'm gonna need some of those stories, Deb. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're not all good. They're all just like what? Like I just kind of learned to like shake off like random stuff that's happened to me, uh. but. Like, it's just funny. There's, like, the street is just, like, a backpacker street. So in terms of live music, you have, like, your regular cover bands, and then you have your reggae cover bands. Mm. So that's the live music situation. And the most, like, there are definitely some DJs in Penang, and I've, like, sought them out, and I've, like, been, like, you know, I've purposefully, like, like made it my mission to find them. But in terms of, like, the places where there are to go out, like... The most DJ you'll get is like a YouTube playlist. Like I swear, uh, like they use YouTube to DJ at these spots. Do you still get those little ads that pop up? The um, little, the little YouTube ads. Yeah, they know how to use the ad blockers. Oh, dude, yeah, that's they, smart. they're not Otherwise, rookies. Nothing like a, a good old, a well placed like shitty Ford ad that'll 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 just the ruin the vibe. Off. Yeah. Wait, so hit me with some of these adventures, these Chulia Street adventures. These so, Chulia Street. Some memorable street. Some memorable Chulia Street. Um, uh, you know, good or bad, just yeah. memories. That- yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I remember one time, so Julia Street's funny because the place we go to is just, like, looks for any reason to, like, throw a party, and they'll just go all out. So, like, for instance, Christmas, they had a countdown to Christmas, and they dropped, like, hundred balloon like a hundred balloons on the street. It's so random. I remember one of my favorite like memories on Chulia Street. I like it was Chinese New Year. Um and in Penang they celebrate on the seventh day of Chinese New Year. But um I went out to like the festival and then I went to Chulia Street thinking like okay like I'll just hang out with my homies, smoke some shisha. Um and like there was just so many fireworks on Chulia Street all night, just like da 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 da, and like like we were lighting fireworks. They were like they were exploding these huge fireworks, and it was just like the funnest night to be like surrounded. It was probably super dangerous, but like we were just surrounded by fireworks. Like it was really cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. How? What are the main differences when it's when you go out in some place like Georgetown compared yeah. to Philly? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there's so many. I mean, I think when I go out here, I'm going out for my friends or just like the random. Like I, I kind of. It's funny because like even though I say I don't go out here or that I don't enjoy it, like people kind of know me there, and I kind of have like a 
you know, a group of people that like I hang out with. So I really go out because to see people and to dance a little bit. But in Philly, like the music is so good. Mm. Like going out is so good. Um, you get to see really the most dope people. I don't know. I enjoy both. But Philly like knows like the style of partying in Philly, it was like it was made exactly for me. Like, you know, it fits me perfectly. Whereas here, it's like a little bit like bro-ish, a little bit like college student uh. in it. But the funny part is like in Philly, like, you know, I'd go out until two and I'd be dead. I'd go home. Here, I go out until like sometimes eight in the morning. And it's just because like we're just, there's nothing to do. So you just like fuck around. You just like, just... I don't know. You just, like, make things up and, like, find reasons to stay out later. So it's... Wow. It's so interesting because in in Chiang Mai, things close at, like... Midnight, midnight. right? Yeah, which yeah. is, like, pretty great for me. But, like, I'm yeah. like, okay, so, I guys, I guess we got to go home to bed. Yeah. But, no, it's for, for someone who's into that Philly scene, I think maybe because... You're you've been dancing for like three four hours, yeah. but then you're like I'm ready to call yeah. it a night by two a.m. or something. Compared to if you're just hanging out, you know. And plus, you're if you're a ways out, you know, from yeah. the city, and it takes you a little while, then um, you want to make the most exactly, of it. Exactly, you want to make the most yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are definitely nights where we call it early, and I think more and more we're kind of getting less like interested in going out and like as my time here is dwindling we, we've been like spending more time in and just like hanging out with one another but um yeah it's just funny i people come from chiang mai and they come here and they think like penang has this huge party scene because i'll take them out yeah. like late but you can't really it's nice to do like every once in a while it's nice to visit but to like like i could live sustainably I don't know I could sustain myself going out pretty often in Philly whereas here like I don't think I could sustain myself like going out often because it, it takes its toll on you yeah it takes yeah. a lot out of you for sure it takes a lot out of you yeah so interesting okay yeah and yeah I I find the same thing too like you said though about sort of being a little bit removed from yeah the you, you really have to actively seek out like what's going on like yeah. in American culture with the music whatever yeah. because it's just not it's still you'll hear music played like walking to a Penang cafe I heard yeah. a new Drake album the other yeah. day yeah it exists it, it exists but it's just not quite as you aren't in the gym and everybody's talking about the new Drake album yeah, or something yeah you know? definitely for sure it you know it's crazy because as you're saying that I'm realizing like I've kind of shifted my attention to like one particular group and I realized like I actually being here in Asia I've been kind of like obsessed with 88 Rising do you know like yes. yeah so I I will say 88 Rising has been kind of like my thing these past nine months like I know I've like every time there's like a video that comes out about like 88 or Sean or the higher brothers or whatever I'm like boom on it like so in terms of like you know groups right now that I really like appreciate and am watching I think like what 88 Rising is doing for like 
Asian artists in that space is just incredible and really inspiring and something I hope that like other marginalized groups or groups that don't really get that much attention in music scenes I hope that they kind of like follow suit remember my my boy recently works for Viceland yeah he had he has a dope interview with the Higher Brothers really yeah it's like, I gotta it's like watch the it Viceland interview with Higher Brothers he did it so yo he went out there with them and like he, you should watch it. Shout yeah. out Dexter one time. Yeah. Um, you, he's a dope dude. With, he's got a flat top. You'd recognize him right away. Yeah. Um, and he put me on to... I'd already known of... And for those who don't know, 88 Rising is... They're based out of California? Yeah, they're based out yeah. of California. They're based out of California. Um, and they do a lot for like Asian hip-hop yeah. stuff. And, yeah. Um, they're the one, what's that young dude? Rich Chigga. He's yes. Rich Brian yes, now. Rich Brian. That's Rich who Chigga. put me on. Like, He's the one that yeah. I knew. He was their big one. And then they had higher brothers that yeah. then I kind of knew through Dexter. Yeah. And Dexter told me about um, a couple just kind of a couple yeah. other things that had going on. Yeah. Um, higher Brothers, to me, I feel like are like the Asian Migos. That Yo, is like, they really just are. just a matter of time before they're like huge. Yeah, I think people don't realize like they're major. I'm kind of like, it's so embarrassing how like much I'm like, yo, I love the Higher Brothers. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, when we first got to Penang, so something to know about Penang is that it's majority Chinese Malay. Uh-huh. So when we first got to Penang, everyone was blasting Made in China and I was like what is this song that's like Made in China made it and I was like I looked them up I was like their stuff is really dope and they stay true to themselves they still they rap a lot in English more and more um, but they rap a lot in like you know Mandarin and I just like I think they're just such a cool group of like dudes I'm like it's really awesome what do you think of Rich Brian? Yeah, I like Rich Brian a lot. I think he's really smart. I think when he first came out, he was a kid. And, you know, I think he's, like, done a couple of dumb things. But, like, he's, like, older. He's woke as fuck. Like, he's so woke. He's so aware. And he's, like, reflected upon, like, just, like, his career in the past. And I think I really like all of, like, the majority of stuff that (laughs) that he puts out. So, like... I, yeah, I really like him. Is that sort of what's been in your ear recently? So what's been in my ear? Yeah, I've listened to like, I've been listening to 88 Rising a lot. So Nikki is this Indonesian artist like signed to 88 Rising and she's like, makes like pretty sultry stuff. I've been listening to her a lot. Um, I've been listening to like Mahalia. I've been listening to, I try to stay up to date with like what, the hip-hop party music is doing mm. in back in the states because i never want to be able to like, walk in a club and not know like <laughs> what's up what's the song is playing i don't know i listen to a pretty wide range i listen to like the two major music groups i listen to isn't like even hip-hops like the two major music genres i listen to afro beats and latin music oh. like reggaeton the most so as well as someone who likes to go out and dance yeah and i know you got the right I know. Right I know. I'm struggling right now. There's a nice like gi- Nigerian spot, um, but it's like more of an after-hour spot. So I haven't been making it there recently. Word. Yeah. Um, okay. And so moving kind of into this last part of the podcast, as far mm. as what you know, the future, which I know mm. we talk about a ton. I've been giving you shit for it, but um, what now that you've had some experience here? you know, teaching, you've worked for the nonprofit, you've been kind of a music manager, you've had some bits and pieces of these sort of different careers and paths. If, um, 
if you could sort of make your dream job, mm. what what would be some components to it? What are certain elements that you're like, you know what, these are things that I've found that I really am good at and really like to do? Yeah. So I think so I think it's ingrained in me because I went to high school like an hour and a half away from my home. Like my this is so dumb, but like one of my top things, goals in life is to like make my commute as short as possible. Yes. So I think I like before my commute was like an hour and a half, then it was an hour, then I moved to West Philly, my commute was thirty minutes. Now my commute is like a fifteen minute walk. So like for my dream job be a short commute. Um I realize more and more like I like working on small teams, but I think I would much rather work on no team than yeah. <laughs> work maybe for myself. I just love to help people, you know, to be, I, you know, I always joke with my roommate, like, all the time, like, to be honest, I would love to be, like, an assistant, and I know that sounds, like, terrible. No, not at all. Because, like, yeah, I think you're expected to, like, not... In- in our generation, you're expected to be like, I'm trying to be the entrepreneur CEO, yeah. you know, but it's like, that's not forever. So like, yeah, if you are self-aware, then you know what you're good at and you know what you like to do. Yeah. You know, I love to organize. I love to help people. I love to have people like recognize their dreams. So I just anything in that realm. And I'm lucky enough to have like such a wide amount of interest that like I think I'm pretty open to everything which makes it difficult right now as I'm like trying to find a job back in the states because I can't really like focus on one like career path but I don't think I'm someone who will ever really have a career I think I'm someone who it'll always like switch up for me um and I'll do different things um what about because so for me and I'm I'm hearing a couple different things there um one of them which i think would be really interesting is i don't blame you on the commute idea of being Mm -hmm. like that's what i'm trying to do will work online because then there's no commute and then you have to spend your time trying to go to some office and come back and do it it's like boom i work i can work from anywhere too which is yeah yeah which i think would suit you well um with Talk to me about the assistant. Would you have you ever thought about being a virtual assistant? No, I've never thought about being a virtual assistant. I think maybe I'll do it if I'm back in the states and I don't have money. But yeah, I've I've looked into it. I've been been looking into remote jobs. To be honest, like I really do love interacting with people. Um, so you want to have an office? Yeah. Of sort. Okay. No. No. I just want to like work with people, like work with the people around me. I mean, to be honest, I don't know what I want. If I, if, no, you, if no, I'm no, being no, clear, no, dog. That's the thing is that, that you keep it a hundred, which is a lot. Of, yeah, you aren't just sprouting out some bullshit that you saw in a Gary Vaynerchuk video that yeah. you think is what you're supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, no. That, but that. What is it about of being a virtual assistant that? Um, because you're still working with someone, yeah. but you might just be. You know, it's virtual instead yeah. of... I think I just, something I didn't say is, like, I want to, like, really believe in the work I'm doing. Um, so it can really be do anything, um, but I want to kind of, like, believe in it. And I think I believe in the stuff that usually the people around me are doing. So, like, either my friends oh, or, okay. you know, the band or whatever. So to be honest, I maybe I will be a virtual assistant if I need to, but I don't have, like, a decision or really an idea. I'm someone who I kind of listen when I'm called. Yeah. So to say, like, I'll do one thing or another thing yeah, just yeah. isn't, like, what? Well, let's play a little, a little experiment. If, mm-hmm. um, 
if some if some major artists yeah needed some assistance yeah and needed some help who do you think would be whose team do you think would be fun to work for i mean i don't know honestly like i would really just have to feel it out and see like i don't know you know i can have an idea of an artist that i think would be dope I meet, but then I'm like, I don't know. If you ask me, like, I would want to be an assistant for the El Faded Natives because those are my brothers, and I know that the work I'd put in would be authentic and genuine because yeah. I really care about them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that'd be my number one choice, like, being a manager, assistant, whatever you call it, for IFN. But other than that, I don't know. To, I really haven't made major decisions in my life about what I want to do or anything like that. I'm honestly just focusing on the next couple of weeks because I'm leaving here soon. Yeah. And that's like, I'm. if you ask me what I'm doing past August, whatever, I don't know. And I don't really like... Care to know or much. care to like yeah. think about it too much. Yeah. Okay. So then in the, in the, the you know, coming months or leaving Penang. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll leave it after this. How important has travel and this, this sort mm. of adventure been in, we've talked a little bit about yeah. over dinner and sort of like your perspective. And now when do you think your next adventure might be? Or do you yeah. think you're going to be sticking around in Philly for a little bit? I think I'm going to stick around in Philly at least until December. What? I think I've given myself that. Okay. And then after that, I don't know. I could really be, I could really go anywhere. I don't think I'll go come back to Penang. A lot of people mention that, but I could go to Kuala Lumpur or Bangkok. My friend yesterday was telling me like, yo, you should go to the Middle East. Like you can make money. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'd go to the Middle East. I mean, I just, do you think travel will now be a consistent part of your life? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that it's a priority for me. Um, but, you know, I always tell people, like, I'm not that great of a traveler in the sense that, like, when I show up to a place, if I'm there for three or four days, I don't I do not do anything. Like, I don't see the sights. I don't, like, you know, I just like to kind of start to live in a place. Yeah, get the vibe. Yeah, so, like, when I go to a trip, when I travel, usually my day consists of, like, going to a coffee shop or eating food or, like, running errands, going to the mall. Like we have the exact same travel plans. Yeah. I'm the same same way. I mean, I like to maybe hit a hike or whatever, go see some nature shit, but, like, I'm not trying to get there and do a whirlwind tour of it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I like to work. So, like, I'm trying to maybe find a cafe, post up, make some beats, or, like, go somewhere, do some shit on social media. Take public transportation. Yeah, exactly. Just to live and to be somewhere and to catch a vibe. I'm yeah I completely feel you yeah so that's why I feel like I mean I would love a job that like has a lot of PTO and gives me money so that way I can like take a little trip somewhere but to me like those trips are like they're not nearly as satisfying for me as living abroad yeah so yeah I know I'll 100% live abroad again um I don't know if it'll be for a year or I feel like I could go either way I could live abroad someplace for like two or three months and be cool with that or I could live abroad someplace for two or three years Word. Um, but I'm just gonna go wherever the world calls me 
Yeah. Dude, I think I think that's the way to do it, man. The world's yeah. got your bat phone. Yeah, um, definitely. Whatever the world calls you, Deb. Honestly, thank you so much for for kicking with the boy yeah, no for, for a bit this morning. Tell the people about where they can find you. What's, oh. what's happening next? All oh, that jazz. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> she's gonna have a blog soon. <laughs> well, I technically have <laughs> one. Um, so I, you can find me on Instagram. I think is the best Swag. way to reach me, even to like talk to me instagram is where it's at so i'm debonair on instagram but the o is zero so d-e-b zero nair mm. no e so there's that i'll link that shit in the show notes yeah. just so for you confused motherfuckers yeah so i don't think i explained that. it very well no. but i i'm debonair and then i have a website maybe you want to check it out debrasharmaloose.com yes yeah such a gangster name too it's gotta be a pop i like my name i'm not changing it yeah. anytime soon um and yeah you can just find me on there I, if you if you want to give me a little follow hey, a little be follow sweet. and then help me make this get this podcast off the ground <laughs> needs to have a little podcast or a little little hot take yeah, on, on the you world you have a nice little situation going Listen, on here zoom zoom yeah shout Deb. out to zoom shout out to zoom <laughs> Deb, thank you so much yeah of course yeah right, thank you for having y'all. me all right y'all thank you for tuning in you know what it is creative contact catch you next time peace <laughs>